Listener Production. Here at Listener, we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We also pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Okay, hey everyone. So because we recorded the episode for the podcast last Wednesday because it was a public holiday in Sydney on Monday, the day before the episode comes out, there was a bit of time between recording and now. So therefore, I have a few more things I want to say. So I'm adding this in um, with a mic from home without gorgeous limb, unfortunately, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So there are two things that I want to update you guys on. Actually, three. Oh my God, there are three things I want to talk about. The first one is, of course, beautiful. I'm going to try not cry because I've been crying for two days. Beautiful, gorgeous Marco. So I know a lot of you loved, loved, loved Marco. My Are my live shows? Um, A lot of you brought in. Sorry. A lot of you brought in Um, things for Marco. Like someone brought in a bandana. Someone brought in a little crochet of him that little crochet version of him that I've been just hugging all night. Um, and yeah, um, letters for him. People brought treats for him. It was um, really, really nice. So I know how much you guys all loved him. And obviously I loved him so, so, so much. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was really trying to try and compose myself. Um, yeah. I obviously loved him so much and I only had him for a few months, but he really was my little baby. And I just, I, um, I spent a lot of you, I don't know if you realize, but, um, he had, he had severe, severe separation anxiety. Like he couldn't even be left if I went down to the bins to take a bin out or to go move my car or whatever. So he was with me literally 24 seven, like with someone 24 seven, he was with me, like from the moment I woke up until I got to work, I would write into my contracts and he'd come with me. He was actually written into my mastering contract to come into my, um, in my dressing room so that he could be with me at all times. He literally was like a part of me. Like he came to gym with me every morning. I went to a gym that would allow dogs. I took him for breakfast every morning. You know, he was literally like my fucking baby. And then Conrad would be with him all night and then he'd be my sister. And he, he was never, ever alone. Like he literally, I guess that's like one of the only things that, I feel okay about um, him passing away is that he literally had the best life. He was never alone. Um, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of you are wondering like what happened because I'm even still a bit confused. Um, so Marco was going through, he was going through chemo as everyone knows. Um, he was, he was very sick. And even looking back at photos of him from when we first got him, he looked much younger three months ago when we got him compared to now. So I guess that's concerning. He he had a lot of infections and he had cancer. So I think that his immune system was very weak and he was also very old. He was almost 12 and he didn't really have, you know, the energy to keep fighting his, his disease. But the chemo was working. This is what um, I want 
like people to understand like I don't regret doing the chemo because the chemo was working he was responding really well to the chemo in fact we got update like an update last week that he was responding really well and his lesions were going down and um you know he could have another year or two but what happened was his white blood cell count on Thursday so I left for Melbourne on Thursday and I really wish that I had it but I did I had to go for work down to Melbourne and I left him with my PA and then Comrade got home and then took him to the vet to get his bloods done in the afternoon. And those bloods were okay. Um, his white blood cell count was down, but it wasn't anything dangerous. They were like, we'll just keep an eye on it and we might reduce the amount of chemo or something like that because it is the chemo attacking his white blood cells, obviously. And his immune system's really weak because of that. So I thought that he was going to be okay and I thought that he was going to... I thought that he was going to be fine and he's just within the next morning Conrad texted me and he was like Marco's really not well like he took him to work with him um to the site and he was like Marco's really not well and I was like I think he's just cold like he's probably just cold it was a freezing morning and he put him in his blankie in his bed you know and and then by about one Conrad was like I'm taking him to the vet so he took him to the vet the vet's like yeah he's got a pretty bad infection but he You'll be okay um, because they didn't have the right testing at the, at the small vet that we go to and they're amazing. So they're like, just go to SASH, which is the animal hospital near us. And they were lovely. And um, they said, just get him, get him on stronger antibiotics. I think they were closing and they couldn't keep him overnight. So he took him there and Conrad sent me a photo of him and he was like passed out basically. And they got there and they said, yeah, basically he's in near, um, he's near septic shock and, you know, they couldn't they couldn't even read his temperature because it was so high. My poor eyes feel sick about my poor little puppy, like being that sick. Makes me feel really like I feel so bad that I wasn't there to take care of him. But they said we couldn't have done anything. Like literally the day before he got his bloods and they said he's doing okay. Like the, the afternoon before. And then it just went so quickly overnight. Was of all, he's had a lot of infections. Had no, he's been on antibiotics the whole time we've had him. He's been really, really, really sick, and he's been really, really, really mentally not well. And yeah, so sorry, I really try not to cry. My eyes have dermatitis all around them from just crying for three days about this. And then um, I got a call from the vet, and Conrad and I were like, we could have kept him for you know the next forty-eight hours and tried to pump him with antibiotics, and he may have survived it. He may have just died over the weekend without us there or he may have, you know, survived that, bounced back, but then the next chemo could have done the exact same thing and just, and just killed him or we would have had to go off chemo and he would have had a matter of weeks to survive. So he's been so sick and I just asked the vet, I was like, I just, I just, what would you do? And the vet said, you know, I can't, I can't say, but... You know, there's a, if you want quality of life, like he won't have much over the next few weeks. So we just decided that um that he had he had to go. So I flew home from Melbourne. I was on the flight crying the whole way home on the flight, and then I had to race to the animal hospital, which is about half an hour away from the airport, and get there and give him one more final cuddle and kiss, and then hug him while he got put down. And um, it was really fine, like. People were telling me to not go in with him when he was getting put down, but I'm really glad that I did because Conrad was like, he has really bad separation anxiety. Even if he's passed out, he'll know we aren't there. So, sorry. So we just gave him like big, big, 
cuddles and kisses and told us, told him how much we love him and sang his little, little I don't know if we've ever sung this publicly, but it's going, Marco, Marco, man. Yeah, I want to be a beauty angel, perfect Marco, man. And he would trot along. So we sung his song to him. And, um, yeah, he passed away. But thank you for everyone's messages. It's been really, really hard. I've had dogs pass away before, but I think it was just that we only had him for such a little amount of time. And I just I just wish I had him his whole life. But I'm glad we adopted him. And I, I don't regret adopting a senior dog at all. Um, the vet even said, you know, with his cancer, that could have happened at any age. It wasn't a senior thing. It was that that cancer happens at any age. It's, you know, it's very fast acting. And he had multiple kinds of cancer. So... Yeah, just want to explain what happened to Marco. Um, and I also was thinking, like, when I was posting about him, like, I literally posted about him getting put down before he was put down. And I was thinking, like, why did I do that? Like, why did I feel the need to post on Instagram about my dog getting put down? But I think it's just, like, I'm such I'm such a person to, like, need to, when I'm upset about something, like, I will call, like, six different friends. Like, to put Marco down, I call my manager, my mum. I called Rowan. Obviously, I was talking to Conrad. I texted my girlfriends in the group chat. Like, I called a lot of people to help me, and I'm, I'm such a that kind of person. So, I think my posting on Instagram is kind of a, a form of that. And like, I, I am really like everyone's comments. Like I was so appreciative and everyone's DMs. I was so appreciative, like reminding me that, you know, it was the right thing to do when he was in pain. He's no longer in pain anymore. And he was, yeah, he was really not in a good way. I mean, even when I went there, I thought maybe if, I thought maybe if he's responsive, then maybe I can ask the vet if we can just keep it for a couple more days, you know? Like I was like, if he's there, like if I get there and he, and he I get there and I wake him up and, and he's wagging his tail and maybe I will try for a couple more days to see if he will respond because he's been responding to medication really well. But I got there and he was not, he was not awake. I had to like slide my arm under him to give him a cuddle. And... Yeah. So... Rest in peace, Marco. We love you. Um, but we're just trying to not, um, I don't know, dwell on it. I, I, my instinct is to adopt another dog because I just, I don't know, I really, I really want. I loved having a dog so much. I wanted one for so long. And I finally got to have a little best friend. But we're just going to try and grieve properly. I know, like, my instinct is to look at other dogs when I just start crying because I'm like, I just want Marco. So, yeah, sorry, it's very sad, very, very sad. But we went to dinner last night. We tried to, like, get out and about, and I would just, like, at dinner, like, we saw something that looked like chicken, and I almost started crying. And then I would just sit there and, like, think about Marco and just start crying. Like, everything. We saw all these beautiful golden cocker spaniels. We went for a walk on Saturday morning, and I just would cry because I just miss him so much but a podcast listener actually came up with her dog and and gave me a hug and let me pat her golden cocker spaniel so that was nice but yeah um one sec i'm just going to compose myself and then i'm going to come back and give you more information of things i want to talk about lol okay i'm back <clears throat> Okay, the second thing I want to talk about is obviously my announcement of being on The Masked Singer. We couldn't talk about it in the recording that we did the other day because it wasn't announced and I literally couldn't tell fucking anyone. Like, this NDA, I, like, obviously I've had NDAs before and it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to say I've broken NDAs. I definitely have never broken an NDA, everyone, okay? But 
I didn't even tell Conrad. I didn't even tell my mum that I was like going on a new show. Conrad knew that I was like doing a new show and filming at a certain time, but he didn't know what the show was. Mum didn't know. My sister didn't know. Like it was very, very, very under wraps. So to be able to announce it was very nice. I couldn't tell them. I couldn't tell anyone what I was doing. But yeah, I'm doing The Master Singer, which I am so fucking excited about. And I'm just so, I'm just so like astonished that three, how long ago? Three years ago? I think it's three years ago I was, you know, just finished filming The Bachelor and like three and a half years ago I had my normal nine to five. I thought I'd forever be working in property or whatever and now I'm able to be a panellist on one of the biggest shows in the country with a Spice Girl. So for those of you who missed it, um, I'm judging with Husey, Chrissy Swan, who I fucking adore. I love Husey as well, but I fucking love Chrissy Swan. And Mel B, Spice Girl. So it's going to be really fucking exciting. But it is it is a nice full circle moment. I'm really loving going into um, the more mainstream media space. It's really making me feel like when you, I think when you like go from being hated by the country, lol, and then suddenly you have these opportunities and you have this following, you can make money on Instagram and you can make money from podcasting and, you know, I have all of you to, to thank for that. When you go from from that kind of space into mainstream media, you kind of feel like, oh, it's going to get all taken away. Like I really do feel like that. And not in a way of like, I'm going to get cancelled, but in a way of like, because I think that, you know, that's a whole discussion that you should all listen to side note reading material you listen to you're wrong about on cancellation and understand why I say that um they'll explain it much better than I will you're wrong about and look up cancelled or why cancelling doesn't exist or something like that look it up you'll understand what I'm saying but it's more like I feel like I'm gonna I know just one day the executive's gonna be like no sorry or like the radio show is gonna be like gone or yeah, but I'm loving the radio show. I'm loving doing TV stuff. I'm loving it. It's like, it's so much fun. And I can't believe that I was, that I was ever going to, you know, just stay in a shit job that I fucking hated for so long. Oh, I can't believe it actually, because you need money to survive, don't you? But I, when I say I hated this job, I fucking hated this job. Like, I think I love my degree in property, but I hated like the people that I worked with. And it was the same everywhere, except for the last place that I worked. My boss was amazing, but. Yeah, it's just such like a nice, it's a nice compliment to be on a, on a panel with a with a Spice Girl. So I'm super excited. I'll beat the Logies. I had my dress try on um, my like fitting last week. And so the color that I'm wearing, I was so anti wearing it. My stylist, the designer, I was like, I don't know, I'm really nervous, but I trust you guys because they're both really talented. And um, the designer is so incredibly talented I actually like cannot believe he's making me a dress um but I tried it on last week and it literally is fucked like fucked 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 like it's very OTT but we love that so I'm very excited for the 19th of June so that's this Sunday is the fucking Logies so I'm keen as fuck for that shit yeah, so I'm excited. Um, but speaking about mainstream media, I was on set the other day and um, we were talking about people like Kyle Sanderlands and Joe Rogan and um, who's the other one that I fucking hate? Alex Jones. 
Alex Jones I hate the most. For those of you who don't know, obviously Carl Sandilands is Carl Sandilands. Joe Rogan has that huge podcast um, and he has put on a lot of conspiracy theory and anti-vax people, but also interviews like Miley Cyrus. Like what? He just like kind of, he just sucks. And then Alex Jones is someone people don't really know as well, but I am obsessed with the podcast Behind the Bastards. So I love history. So I think most people may assume that I listen to like pop culture podcasts, which I do every so often, but I more get my information from like Instagram and TikTok and um, which actually I've paused using, which is the other thing I want to talk about and things like that. But I love podcasts about history and Behind the Bastards is my absolute fucking favorite. If you like history, if you like an interesting conversational way to learn about history, listen to it. It is my favorite podcast of all time. I've been thinking for years, how can I get the host on the podcast and make it like relevant and interesting? Like how, what can I, what can I do? Because he is amazing. I love it. Anyway, they're doing a podcast this week about Alex Jones and he hosts, he hosts this podcast called Infowars and he basically is a Trump supporting fucking piece of shit. And with that podcast series and also with uh, all the things Joe Rogan does and all the things Carl Sandilands does, um, for example, this week, one of the producers or one of the staff on Kyle and Jackie O called the shameless hosts hot and the outspoken hosts ugly. There was like some weird drama the week before. They got confused about, let me see. Kyle started talking about how the shameless women, I don't know, this isn't actually true, but he said that they did a list apparently about chocolates and a quote from uh, the shameless podcast is Bruno hates us. Producer Bruno from the Kyle and Jackie O did a seven minute segment on us and hates us because we stole his list idea and apparently ranked chocolates, which we never did. Now I'm very confused. So apparently the podcast is actually outspoken, which is totally different. And then Bruno said that the shameless women are hot and he wants to be friends with them, but the outspoken women are ugly, apparently. Like just disgusting, disgusting stuff to say. Um, the sexualization, the objectification, the uh, just the rudeness, the 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 need to bring in people's looks to validate your opinion, saying that because the outspoken hosts did something to that you claim is your IP, that they are now ugly or go to insult for women is ugly. There's so many layers to this, but the outspoken and the shameless podcast do really good explanations of this. Obviously they're the ones involved. So go to their Instagrams to have a more in-depth explanation. But my point is these shock jock kind of people, this is how they get to where they are. Now there is nothing that these kind of people can do to lose their job which is like so fucked and so unfair and so shocking because you would hope there was some sort of repercussions for people continuously saying things that are unethical, immoral, that cause harm to people or groups, right? You would hope that that would happen, but unfortunately it doesn't because when it comes down to it, Radio and TV and podcasting are all advertising mediums. So if they're getting numbers... If they're getting numbers, if on the podcast ranker, they're going up. If on um, this, in the survey results, which is the radio survey that happens every quarter to see who's listening to what show, if they're going up or they're staying number one, then it actually doesn't matter what the content was to get there because advertisers see that and advertisers will 
be like, cool, it's that many listens. So my point is when these things are called out, which that statement from the um, shameless Instagram was beautiful, amazing. Um, go read it in full. It's very long. I'm going to read it out and, you know, steal their, steal their impressions, you know. When these things happen, try to get a source that is like a written quote so you can read it from, for example, the shameless Instagram or from the outspoken Instagram of written quotes so that you get the information and you can be rightfully outraged and you can be rightfully, um, basically what I'm saying is don't give them listens is what I'm saying. And don't give them, don't give them listens for things that are negative, basically. Because if you can get the information, if you read an article about it and you can get the information from that, I know the curiosity will lead you to go to listen to an Alex Jones podcast about how fucked he is, right? Like hate listen. I think we need to be aware of how we're contributing to the media machine. I know what the best advice is here, but I, just, I was just thinking about it like with this Alex Jones podcast I was listening to um, and how great that was and how I can get all the information from that. And then my listen goes to my favorite podcast, right? So, but I did I did have the desire to go and look at Alex Jones's website or his Instagram or listen to his podcast to go, what the fuck is this, right? But I was like, no, don't do that. And then- this Kyle thing. I was like, I've got the information. I've got the information. I'm just going to not, I don't need to dig anymore because I know what the statements are from the outspoken podcast and from the shameless podcast. And I can then go, okay, I've got the information. I'm outraged. I can speak about it with my friends. I can post it. I can reshare their statements. I can reshare other things, but I'm going to just have a breather and I'm going to not seek out information directly from the source. That's what I was thinking about the other day. But yeah, those are my updates. I think that was all I wanted to talk about. I think I said there were four things I wanted to talk about, but uh, oh, the last thing was my ADHD. <laughs> that was so ADHD. My ADHD diagnosis and medication and everything, my little journey. So I've stopped using TikTok because just for a little bit, just I've been trying to a month just because I feel that it's activating my anxiety really, really, really badly for I think just the actual mechanism of it is activating it. I think the actual, the scrolling, like the physical scrolling is activating it. I think the content is activating it because I either get, I get angry, then I laugh and I get interested, then I get, you know, bored. And then also the fact that I think the actual like light. So I went to my GP to get all my tests for ADHD and she was like, like not to get diagnosed, to get my medication because you have to get tests to get on medication, I guess, to see if you're healthy enough or if you're not like, yeah, if you if, basically if you can be on the medication. Got an ECG for my heart and things like that. Got bloods, got urines done, urines, got urine tested. And yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to get on medication, but I was talking to her about how I couldn't sleep very well. And she was like, you need to get off your phone at night. You need to meditate and stretch and da 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 which I'm going to try and do more, but I just wanted some like sleeping pills to be quite honest with you. But I guess I'll try and do that first. I think she did give me something that was like kind of like a melatonin, but melatonin doesn't really work for me as well as I would like it to. Yeah, so that's the update. And when to get medication, um, it's been really hard to get appointments and still do all my things. And it's very ironic with ADHD, you have to get all these appointments, you have to keep and not remember, and not forget. And then I'm so busy on top of it. And it, it's, it's very, it's very overwhelming. Um, but I'm on track. I'm, I'm almost at like the finish line to get my medication. So hopefully the medication works well. And a lot of you were saying that, you know, it can help with sleep. It can disrupt sleep, but I guess everything's individual. Like I have been on antidepressants before. It's all individual. So I'll let you guys know how I'm going, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling happy about it. So that was a very, very long recap, but 
I also recorded some stuff, so stay tuned. I recorded it last week. I think it's pretty good. So, um, yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm back again. Now, during the live shows that I did a few weeks ago now, I had a phone, a second phone. It was very much drug dealer, very much <laughs> mysterious girl um, because we couldn't give the audience microphones because of COVID vibes. Um, it actually worked out really well because people who like, you know, you go to an event and you're like, I'm scared to ask a question. Like you're not sure how to word it. People could just text me in their questions. And at each show, I got about 400 messages. Oh like, God. let me just, it's just goes forever. Right. And we, yeah, we did seven shows and there were so many questions. So I'm just going to answer some of them now. Some of them are mini nightmare fuels. I feel like this was a really fun part of the live show. So we're kind of giving you a little bit of like a taste of the live show if you missed it. Um, and this was a lot of people. So this is their favorite part of the show. So, okay. Someone asked for an update on the open relationship thing. Um, a lot of you asked that actually, um, update, nothing's happened. Um, <laughs> Like, literally, I'm so busy. I got to have three days off from Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week, but it was Christabel's birthday. We always have to do, like, a lunch with us and then also a lunch with all of her other friends. So my Friday and Saturday were taken up and then Sunday was spent, um, like, sleeping. So sorry to out you, Conrad, but we haven't had sex in, like, six weeks, to be honest, since before I left for... Which, like, everyone's like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, but, like... I'm also really fucking stressed. And also I was away for three of those weeks. Was it six weeks? What day did today? No, you know what? You know what? It's three and a half weeks. I've, in my head, it's six weeks. It's actually only been since 7th of May. And it's the 6th of June right now as a recording. It'll be out in a week. So you know what? <laughs> That's not that bad. Because I was away for three of those weeks. So okay. we've, only had, we've only had one night together, like actual night where I'm not working or I'm, we're not away from each other. And that was last time. That was the first time. And I was with my therapist about this, actually, because, like, I've been having a really hard time with libido, as we all know, and also, like, me not wanting to have sex with... And, like, when I say... It's not, it's not Conrad. It's, like, just, like, I can't be fucked. And also my UTI issues. It's just, like, I'm, like, I really can't be bothered with this. Like, I don't have time to have a UTI. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have a photo shoot tomorrow. If I get a UTI, I'll be in the worst mood all day. I don't have time to go to hospital. I don't have time to get antibiotics. I have time for... So... I've just been like not into it. I've also like not really been masturbating either. And I was asking my therapist about this because I was like, oh my God, does that mean like, like I, I don't actually have feelings for Conrad? Like, which I do, obviously. He's the best. But I was like freaking out, getting in my head because usually I, um, I'm horny, but she was like, oh, it's because you are not, because I'm only eating like one meal a day at the moment, which is not good. And I'm also working. Oh, wow. No, I know. And I'm working so much, particularly on the tour. But like now again, I'm about to start filming something else and I think it will be announced by now, but I'm not going to say what it is. Um, because thing, Lem wants to know, but no, 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 I'm joking. Because wants to know, but I can't say it. And she was like, you aren't, I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. Guys, melatonin's given up on me. I've, I've been oh. having melatonin, it doesn't work. And Fuck, I'm sorry, Abby. That sounds hectic. Yeah, it's bad. So she was like, in terms of like, Matt, this helped me a lot feeling less guilty because she was like, in terms of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, she's yeah. like, you aren't eating or sleeping, which is like base level. So maybe like once you get that down pat, you'll want to fuck. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, you're eating one meal a day and then I'm usually vomiting it up. Not And not in yeah, an yeah, eating yeah. disorder way. 
in a in a anxious way. Mm. I went all the time. I sculled a fucking spicy margarita on the weekend. I felt so fine. I'd eaten a full meal when I was really excited. I'd eaten a full, like, decent meal. I really liked it. And then um, I sculled a spicy margarita before we left the restaurant and I vomited for, like, 15 minutes, six times in the Royal Oak. Because we had entree, main, and dessert and all that came up. Anyway. <sighs> That's stomach acidity for you and that will... Genuinely, like, fucked. People were asking me as well about my ADHD. So here's the thing, everyone. I got diagnosed with ADHD. Have I told that on the podcast? No. No. So I got diagnosed with ADHD like a month ago and after like two years of thinking that I have it, I finally got an appointment. Um, I spoke about it a lot on Hot Nights, like a whole rant about how hard it was to get an appointment. And lots of people were asking if I... Like, if how my medication's going. Everyone, I haven't got the medication yet because you have to fucking, and this is fair enough, like, whatever. But you have to, after you get, like, a diagnosis, you then have to go to your GP and spend, like, so much money getting, like, a heart test, a urine test, really? blood tests. Yeah, because I think partially, so to see, you know, like, an, like you're not, like, on drugs. Because I think you can oh. use ADHD meds for, like... Because it's an amphetamine, I think I think so, yeah. That's my theory, the urine test, but also the heart thing, I think, is, like, a safety thing and the blood tests and, like, your, like, liver levels and things like that. And, like, so I haven't gotten them yet, so I'm still waiting to go on them, but I'm very fucking excited. I'm just, like, a bit nervous you about You haven't it. tried them when you were studying at uni or something? Because some people take Ritalin to no. focus or something. no, okay. no. Oh, I think I took one once. I don't remember what it was like. Mm. I don't, like, recall. But it's really, really hard to get medication. Like, it's just a lot of... It's like an hour and a half fucking... It's an hour and a half fucking thing. Um, People are talking about Peter Dutton a lot. Oh, Peter Dutton. Okay, so here's the thing. Peter Dutton. Yes, Everyone started to... Okay, so obviously he's a new um, leader of the coalition, which... Okay, now, don't turn the podcast off when I say this, but I'm happy about it. Because he is so fucking unlikable that I feel as though it will really just make Labor win again next election and the Greens win even more so. He is the most unlikable cretin in the world. Like, he's a literal cretin. But I would like to point out that a lot of people have been damning me and I've seen them post about him looking like Voldemort. Now... Peter Dunn has alopecia. So I and Carly Finlay, who we've had on the podcast before, she did a post about it saying basically like, Peter Dunn can be hated for so many things. Let's not make fun of him for how he looks because yeah. that, just, that just like adds to stigma against. Like there are so many reasons why you should hate Peter Dutton. I'm trying to get them up for you right now. But I feel like his looks are really not one of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. And the fact that he's alopecia as well is, you know, making fun of a disability. And then, you know, once, you know, people with alopecia will then be called Voldemort because you've, they've seen you call Peter Dutton Voldemort. Depending what you post, people then think that's okay. Okay, this is what Peter Dutton has done. He's boycotted the National Apology to Solemn Generation, so he actually walked out during the apology. Really? Um, yeah, 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 he boycotted it. He didn't want to apologise to the stolen generation. I probably wasn't in Australia when this happened. That's Yeah, that would revolting. have been, It was. I think it was Kevin Rudd that did it, so it would have been oh, around like yeah, 2007 okay. or eight. Oh, my God. He also led the government's cruelty to asylum seekers. He voted consistently against same-sex marriage. So were you here when same-sex marriage and the plebiscite was happening? No, I came right after that. Right. Like, the plebiscite was, like, genuinely 
traumatic for yeah. LGBTQA plus people. But it was like, it was so bizarre to be so far behind even America. Like, mm. and there'd be so much discussion going on. And Peter Dutton was one of the people that was really leading it. He joked about the water lapping at the doors of our Pacific neighbours. So, like, all the islands that are going to be impacted by climate change, he was joking about, oh, the water's lapping at the doors. And he also created that false fear campaign about African gangs. Do you remember this? It's still, like, a very, like, permeating idea. But this would have been, I want to say... Oh God, I think when I was like in high school, but it could be after. I mean, it's a a thing in general, but it was like, it really peaked at one point. And there was this whole thing about African gangs, quote unquote, in Melbourne. And it was like this implication that they were responsible for, it was basically just like racist propaganda. And it was like all the Sudanese and and like, it was Sudanese in particular, but African gangs. And there was no reason behind it. There was no evidence of this. It was just like African immigrants or children of immigrants that just were like hanging out together and like oh my God. committing crimes at the same rate or you know as everyone else but if it was a black person like african gangs and they were like in on the front of newspapers like it was like a huge thing that was like fearmongering to the fucking nth degree so peter Dutton helped with that so because he's so fucking awful Obviously, we hate him. He shouldn't be in any form of power. It is concerning. But because he is so horrendously hideous and the worst person maybe to ever exist, oh, I mean, Trump, but like still, like he's like not great. I'm hoping that it continues to just, you know, we continue to go left and left and left and left and left because that's the way it's going. And I actually do think, you see Sky News called yeah, yeah, Sinister? Yeah, I love that. It's like one of my favourite things. <laughs> Fucking Sky News. So I posted, and I didn't even choose like one where I was being like ridiculous. Like it's very easy for right-wing outlets to like post my Instagram stories or my radio content or my podcast content and really attack it because I do say things, like I am hyperbolic and I do say things in a joking tone. I'll be like, but I was just talking normally. Like they chose the wrong one. Like they could have made much more fun of me, but (laughs) they basically were like, I was saying that I really do believe, and I think this is before the election, I was saying, I had spoken to Adam Bant that night on the radio and I was talking to him after, like off air, about how I do think we'll have a Greens Prime Minister because everyone's getting more and more left and as the climate crisis continues, people who would vote Liberal normally will just vote Greens because their houses have been set on fire underwater and, you know, as the young generation comes, like eventually I feel that Labor will be like Liberal and Greens will be like... Labor currently, and then there'll be another party that's even more, or the independence of teals will. Legalise cannabis. Yeah, okay. legalise <laughs> cannabis, exactly. Yeah. So I posted this in a very normal tone of voice for once, and <laughs> Sky <laughs> News literally, like, said that I was thick. Thank you. <laughs> that they were like, she's so thick. And I was like, I was like, if anyone votes liberal, you're, like, unintelligent or, like, ignorant or unempathetic. Like, that's, like, what the deal is. And they were like talking about intelligence. She has to be the most unintelligent. How thick is she? How thick? They had no comebacks to my points. I just said that I was really thick. And then I said that I think that the Liberal voters are all going to die out, both literally and figuratively. As in, they're going to stop voting Liberal or they're going to literally die. That's a harsh reality of the world. And they said that I was part of a death cult. And Bitch. they called you sinister. They called me Oh, how sinister is that? Grow the fuck up, Sky News, but hopefully you'll be 
you will literally die out soon. Before you move from Dutton, what do you have to say about Peter Dutton unveils new shadow cabinet featuring 10 women? So there's a bit of work that he's trying to do. Okay, yeah. So Peter Dutton has unveiled a new cabinet. Yeah. That involves 10 women. I mean, it's just sus to me. It's like Republican women. I'm like, you're on the wrong side. (laughs) It's like Republican women. It's weird. I'm like, who are you? And like, what what values are you upholding? Are they all white women? Good question, actually. So I think they are. And are they all straight? I'm going to assume. I mean, who knows? The thing is as well, it's like how Bob Catter, Bob Catter had a big Sookie McSookerson when the election results came out and he was like, what they've done basically, was it Bob Catter or was it Barnaby Joyce? To me, they are one soul. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me just, let me just see. No, Barnaby Joyce. Okay, it was Barnaby Joyce. Sorry, guys. Bob Catter and Barnaby Joyce in my head are the same person. Um, Unsure why. Um, because the thing is, all these liberals during the election, sorry to bring it up again, but I just love talking about it. All these liberals during the election were like, they voted for independence um, to try and get out liberals. Yes. And they're like, it's unfair. It's like, mm, we have a preferential system. That's how the election worked. And he said this. When you look at it, it's really strange. In attacking liberal candidates, they've removed our Indigenous Affairs Minister, three openly gay people and one Asian member of Parliament. Is that what they want to achieve? Is that success for them, is it? I think that's something people have to reflect on is rather surprising, where the moderate side of the party, they've been put to the sword by people who say they're moderates. Okay, so just because you're a, a gay person or, as he says, an Asian person, didn't say... What, to him, they're all just Asian. You know, One oh, club. Oh, we've got an Asian. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm technically, I could be called Asian. Asian. I'm on the Asian continent yeah. and I'm Middle Eastern. Mm. And he's like, well, we, got, we had three gays and they got rid of him. <laughs> is that is that what you want? <laughs> to get rid of the gays? <laughs> um, if they're upholding anti-LGBT policy, then yeah, there are some people and there are some people who are part of the LGBTQI plus community. There are some women. There are some people of colour who uphold things that are contradictory to their own benefits. And just because someone is a, as he says, gay person, openly gay. Also, he said openly gay. So it was like, <laughs> we had three openly gays. Open gays. They even went buddy Mardi Gras. Like, <laughs> it isn't about like, okay, well, like the calculations are how many how many gay people can we get in the, into a Liberal Party how seat? How openly gay? Open, sorry, yeah. open, openly gay. Openly gay. Um, <laughs> like, diversity is so important and quotas are so important and affirmative action is so important, but not when it comes from Barnaby Joyce. No. That's my, like, absolutely, absolutely fucking fucked Fucking, fucking fucked. Okay, no, this is a good question. Okay, this is another question from the um, live show. Someone said, hey, Abby, my boyfriend wants to do anal and needs me to douche my asshole. How the fuck do, how the fucking fuck do I do that? Thanks, I'll be by. Um, <laughs> you buy a douche? We actually have an episode called That's a Spa Day with my friend Rowdy Walden, my second best friend, and I'm his second best friend. And you just get a douche. Are you an anal queen? 
You just like get like a douche with like warm water and like put it up your. What's your procedure? Like actually, we talked about it, my partner and mm. I, and she had a very good point. She's like, just shower and wash yourself, and I think both of us need to like just not worry about shit. Like, just don't worry about shit if you're going to do that. If there's a bit of shit that's going to happen, the bit of shit is going to happen. You clean yourself when you're showering. I don't use a douche when it's happening. Like, you can't be icked out and also doing it at the same time. It's hard to get into it if you're, like, continuously thinking, like, shit, shit, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also your your asshole will tighten up and then you won't… You enjoy it. You won't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, oh my God, someone's asked sex question. Good thing to say during sex because I always say the same thing to my boyfriend. <laughs> and then someone said, please live demo of Click It Up because I'm not going to suck a cock on stage, get an absolute grip. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Like, get a grip. Like, I love the enthusiasm, but like, pass. <laughs> like, not having sex. I'm not sucking any dicks. Like, what the fuck? Um, the things that people ask you people to do. People ask me. Yeah. I know. Like, people just, I know. It's so funny. When we were, like, getting a creative director for the tour, my manager, Ben, had to, like, interview all different people and, like, bring me the best one. And they were all just, like, straight white men who are, like, in their 40s. And we ended up getting an amazing woman named Leah who made the show great. And I love her so much. Thank fuck we found her because every other man was like, how about, like, a giant, like, Vagina on stage there. Giant vagina? Yeah. Or like a big cock on stage there. Like she loves sex. It's like, wow. That is the tackiest shit I've ever heard. That's what they think when they think about like, about me. Also, I like to address this. I'm really sick of everyone thinking that I'm like the sex girl. I literally don't have sex, as you've heard from my podcast recently. And also, like, it's so funny. Like, I feel like the right-wing media has like pigeonholed me into that. Like, Alongside guys, like, with Sinister. And- but yeah, they're like Sinister, but oh, she like she likes sex. And I'm like, yeah, but like who doesn't? Like I just talk about it normally. I'm not like... Asexual people, like obviously, but like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you, course, you yeah can empower You can empower people to have sex and also not want to have sex. Like that's... And also, but also like I have other personality traits. I would, I would say I discuss American politics more than I discuss sex. genuinely I discuss like the intricacies of like gerrymandering more like do you know what I mean like I would say I discuss politics much more than I discuss sex and I discuss like social issues but they were like yeah like giant pussy on stage like but my guests for that night are like a a writer with a disability and you know a a non-binary person speaking about their experience of coming out where does the giant vagina come into this giant vagina so fucking ridiculous so fucking ridiculous um it's such a terrible idea it's such a terrible idea it's like the worst ever um oh but things to say during sex i don't know um dan savage has a really good have you heard dan savage's it's like what is it it's like say what you're going to do what you're doing and yeah i didn't hear that part so dan savage his podcast is savage love cars listen to it for sure he has this like advice that's like what you are going to do, what you like about what's currently happening and then what you liked. So it's like, mm. I can't wait for you to like eat my pussy. Then it's like, oh my God, it feels like when you eat my pussy. Then like when you're having sex, you're like, I don't know, talking about when they were eating a pussy. I liked when that happened. I think that's what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That's good advice. I feel like as well, sometimes you don't have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of pressure. Everyone's like, what do I say? And I'm like, well, if you don't feel like saying anything, like, I don't think you should feel the need to say something, right? 
What yeah, do you think? I just think it's about being in the moment, really. Mm. And if you if you try to think about what you're going to say and it's scripted, it's just not going to go down well. Like, it's just about being in the moment. And I think if it's about, like, kink and fetish and all of that stuff, discuss that shit when you're not um, horny necessarily. Yeah, 100%. And just go, like, what about a scene of us at the, do- like, at the doctor's and you're the doctor and I'm the patient? Like, let's recreate that scene. Say it ahead of time and then go into yeah. it if it's, like, role play. But, like, in the middle of it, like, I, I just don't think there's any liners that work on everyone, like, you know. Yeah, Some absolutely. people like to say daddy, some people don't. Some people like to say baby, some people don't. Like, it's hard to just have a standardized sexual lingo for yeah. everyone. When I That's called someone daddy one time when I was fucking him, he was like, um, it's like me calling you girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was like, shut up. Jesus Christ. Someone just, people sending me in, like, mini nightmare fuels as well. You know what? I'm actually going to read my favorite nightmare fuel from the tour. I'm just going to read it out. And if you're of the two, you've already heard this in short, but I'm going to read it out in full because I really just, it it brought me joy. And it was the example that I used for every show, okay, to end this. Hi, Abby. Okay, get ready. Nightmare fuel. I do theatre and I was in Shrek the Musical as Fiona. My partner of over two years who I lived with and we shared a dog came up to the show and left before the end. When I asked his friends why, they said it's because he saw me kiss Shrek in the wedding scene and left. Got home that night, he took the dog, smashed the photo of us on our bed, glass everywhere, and said, you have two days to move out. Because I kissed Shrek in full Shrek prosthetics. Green makeup in all his ochre glory. (laughs) Straight white man, am I right? Now I have a girlfriend. Thanks, Jackson. XXX Lexi. So if you if I gave you like a synopsis of the show and that's what it was, um, but yeah, guys, don't text that number again, please, if you have it, because I am taking out the the SIM card. It's like, I mean, you can if you want to, but like, I'm <laughs> have, not getting are it. Are there people who have been texting you? Yeah, post-show? people are like calling it and stuff, and I'm like, guys, like, I'm not, not answering random phone numbers. No. Sorry. Um, well, that was that. Uh, we'll see you on Friday for an, an actual long nightmare fuel um, that is cooked. So get ready. Listener.